Yes, what is good? You are tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio's South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm joined here by Simran. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And yeah, you are in for a treat today. We're going to be talking some relevant topics to the current day. And we're also going to be joined by a guest later on for the second half. His name's, actually, I don't know if it's Faze or Faz. We're going to find out. But basically, we've connected with him over Instagram. He's a podcaster from Bolton. So he's going to be coming in and having a little bit of a chat with us and about his podcast and some other stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a pretty good show. And also, we've got a load of new music as well to be putting through your airwaves so yeah stay tuned first of all simran how are you stressed but what's new <laughs> what <laughs> you know, is new you know what's funny is like you were saying before about how um obviously you're stressed and literally last week we did a whole segment on like on advice stress, about not getting stressed managing stress working around your stress and you know stress in our culture and community and how mm. it's not respected enough but here we are yeah, and how much of that you took on board? Oh my god, less than five percent. Yeah, guys, listen to what I say, but don't do as I do. That's I don't be listening to my own advice. That's fair. <laughs> too. I think that applies to Halima as well because she says a lot of like very intelligent and worthwhile stuff, but then she also says, "Yeah, I do my all my exams like literally the night before. Like, don't do that." I can't work without the pressure though. <sighs> I need I need time pressure, but then that takes me to times like now where i have a deadline on monday and another exam on monday well i appreciate you making the effort to come here despite that so thank you um in regards to where halima is she's currently stuck on a train (laughs) (laughs) somewhere in midlands she was gonna be um, streaming in but obviously if you don't know well obviously who doesn't know the trains in england aren't great and yeah she's stuck on a train um but i wanted to talk to you something actually i just realized Have you noticed the north-south divide in terms of trains? Because I have. I didn't until one of my friends brought it up to me, not that long ago, actually, Mm. that just the efficiency of trains down south. Obviously, Halima is stuck on the train down south right now. So, you know, um, but like, obviously, you know, London has the underground, like it's so intricate. It's like really efficient for the most part, for the most part. And I think compared to up here, we can complain about, down south transport and it having its problems but up here you guys don't (laughs) no it's just a mess and i think especially over the past few years i don't know what it was they started changing the timetables and it just messed everything up because i know because i was getting the train tune from union leeds and it just there was just one i think it was like 2017 2018 where just everything just started going really bad i don't know what it was but um you know what said it for me as well? I actually got the train um, on Thursday evening when I went in and in and back from town. And it was a really, like, nice journey. It was a really clean train. And I remember just being, like, shocked. Like, I was just <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, what? Like, and I think that just says it. Like, the fact that when you have, yeah. like, a normal train journey, you're actually like, wow, this is actually, like... Living the high life. Why is it? Why is it like so surprisingly pleasant to have like a regular, clean, and not a weird train journey? Yeah. I mean, I've heard the train, like the transport, public transport in general in Manchester, is supposed to be really good though. Um, like with the trams. Yeah, trams are good. They're just too expensive for what they are. Oh really? Yeah. Like, have have you ever got one? Never. I don't think I've been in a tram in my life. That's such a lie. (laughs) I have just not in this country. Fair enough. Um. Yeah, the trams are like 
basically you're going to be spending like four to five quid yeah like so well you could get a bus for like half of that yeah. so it's a bit like but the, they are really useful definitely i remember especially for me like because i grew up like outside of manchester i'd always like kind of get the mm-hmm. uh, lift to the nearest one and it was my way to kind of get around like yeah you know, it was nice. the thing is with liverpool as well though i feel like it's not big enough to transport to places within liverpool by train Mm. there's not really anywhere you could go like by a train obviously there are local train stations but i don't think they're like not widely used the train station like lime street is used to kind of travel out of liverpool i believe more mostly at least yeah everyone just buses it manchester yeah that is one good thing about manchester all the small train stations and like i remember um, growing up in warrington in the north warrington actually has like quite a lot of like small train stations but south warrington there's literally like nothing so again you have to go like with liverpool you have to go all the way into the like town center in order to get anywhere and long it's just like now like i'm living in manchester and i can literally just walk 15 minutes and get a train into town and it's like 15 minutes like it's just a benefit i think that's as much as the country is london centric i suppose that's one benefit of living in a city like manchester where it is kind of at least we have that uh, this isn't that oh, much effort sure. to kind of like get anywhere and at least you're in a city where you have that because if you live somewhere else that wasn't like a city-based environment there would be like nothing yeah. I, I, I feel like because i live in slough which is outside of london and we struggle there to get mm. into london and out to different places as well like it's difficult but way more efficient than i've experienced trains up north yeah yeah so basically andy burnham if you're listening please help us please like, we're putting our transport. faith in you but it's fair <laughs> he is meant to be doing something with the buses like i think it was something like there were the buses throughout manchester were like run by 80 different companies like at differing prices and all this so i think he's basically gonna get bring the buses back under manchester's control yeah and basically i agree with hopefully that. it'll make things better fingers crossed we'll see but yeah, I've gone about a tangent yeah. there. Like, so <laughs> I literally feel like such a nerd talking about our trains and stuff. But um, going on to a bit of a, a more um, serious topic. Obviously, for those of you that don't know, today is May the 22nd, which means it's officially been four years since the um, tragic events that happened in, in Manchester at the arena, at the Ariana Grande concert. Um, four years ago, a suicide bomber um, blew up in like just outside the arena, like close to Victoria Station. Um, twenty-two people were killed. Two, two over two hundred were injured. I think it, it was something like like proper like shook the whole city as a whole. It was it was a mad time, and just to think that's been four years ago. Like it's crazy. Like simmering like so four years ago you weren't even at uni so like what was it like for you like obviously being outside of manchester when that happened i feel like i was in my final year of a levels and i hadn't even come up more north than birmingham at that point so it felt very like disconnected from it when especially at that time there was a lot of um like events of those nature happening in london you felt Mm. a lot more connected to those especially like i had a near miss to one of them really like i was out with my friend and one of them happened but that's besides the point like so when when something that happens close by not even an hour away i felt very connected and scared to be in london at the time but hearing the one in manchester which was one of the worst ones in terms of like the people affected and things like that it the impact of it didn't actually hit until you really really looked into it or you saw the interviews on the news and you saw just the yeah. detriment that it caused 
being far and not having experience being up north and experiencing the kind of unity that I feel like people up here have a lot more than they do down south. It wasn't until I got into first year uni and spoke about it with someone um, who was from Manchester that I realised like the gravity of the situation and how badly it just shook through like communities within Manchester. Mm-hmm. I think it was just the, it is like like pure evil that went behind mm-hmm. it just because the whole idea was that this person was going to a concert full of young girls yeah. like they knew ariana grande they, they knew, knew the their fan target, base yeah their target audience like yeah it's just it's just preconceived evil there's, there's no other way of putting it really and it's just i think that's what shook it and like like you say like we're so, as the country is london centric sadly that also means that a lot of like stuff like this that happens does happen in london so for that to happen in manchester i think it was the it was unexpected yeah, in, in, think, a sense, in a way almost random like i think it was the first thing like that to happen yeah. since like 1996 mm-hmm. and it's the ira bombing which thankfully no one was injured with that but it did that's basically why the iron yeah. got redone because um that all got knocked down um but yeah the, like i say obviously it's so sad like over 20 people lost their lives and um, quite a few of them young i think the youngest person was eight so really sad yeah and of course it's really important to condemn what happened and also to obviously reflect and to honor those that lost their lives and even though obviously it was a very sad event i think in the aftermath of it um there's certainly like you say the sense of unity like just sort of like come together like so like i don't think you really see that like in london if i'm being honest no it was in london the the attitudes around that was obviously that it was devastatingly tragic everything was condemned massively there but it didn't bring the sense of unity that the manchester one did in that people would just kind of get on with it and i feel like we were going out in london at the time as well they being like "Eh, if something happens it happens like there's nothing to be scared of you can't live your life in fear you have to just Mm. crack on and like london was as busy as anything when all these things were happening whereas i feel like here and you didn't feel like a sense of fear all the time whereas Mm. here i feel like people really came together to acknowledge and honor what had happened yeah definitely like and also just want to give like massive shout out to ariana grande as well massive shout out to ariana grande if you're listening big fan um, big massive fan (laughs) love um, you but yeah i'm a big fan before this but even especially after this like but it did make me want to know more about her like i feel like i just listened to her music before or like just Mm. was a normal ariana grande music listener but after that i really looked into her and like what she was into and stuff and the her mm. the way she handled it was amazing and i feel yeah. and i feel really sorry for her in a sense that people blamed her for yeah. it when she was just the face it could have been absolutely anyone yeah. you also know? the tabloids as well that came for when she like i think she left the country like a few days afterwards and yeah. they're like well what do you expect her to do like she's actually been through so like yeah can you imagine like the obviously it's not it, she shouldn't feel guilty but the guilt that but she you will would, be feeling naturally like, you would feel that way and you would question yourself and what you could have done differently yeah. and stuff i can't, can't imagine what she was feeling i think she once spoke about the fact that she genuinely had developed like a ptsd from it and stuff mm. and she was genuinely like messed her up understandably and it doesn't help that tabloids were jumping on that and literally confirming probably all the negative thoughts that she was having about herself on front page newspapers yeah it was honestly awful it's not good like 
and as well like the people that lost their lives obviously the reason they went to these concerts because they were fans like they wouldn't want you to be digging into ariana grande over this like no like i said she was just the face of it it genuinely could have been any artist yeah it was just a senseless attack Mm -hmm. yeah so definitely shout out to ariana grande if if you want to come to pi radio anytime the come through you're always welcome but but she even did the relief concert the year one yeah, year on, didn't she? It wasn't even one year. It was like, this is the thing, like people are criticizing her for leaving. It was one like one month on. Like literally like Oh god, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, sorry, you're right. Yeah. The one that got pulled together really fast yeah. and she had loads of people there. Yes, yeah, so like how how are you ever gonna criticize yeah, the fact come that she on. was literally able to because she performed at that as well, yeah, like yeah. nah. Like you gotta She's give She's an her... incredible woman. Yeah, definitely. God is a woman and it's Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> Early Ariana. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, on the flip side of that, um, I did kind of want to touch on, again, the aftermath of the attack. And again, like I said, obviously, this event that happened, you got to condemn it. It was awful. No justification. Mm-hmm. It's, like I said, a pure evil. No, disgusting. It's disgusting, horrible. Um, however, people's or certain people's response following the attack, I think, need to be called out or necessarily they need to be known of. So when I'm talking about this, what I'm talking about is the rise in Islamophobic um, hate crime following the arena attack. So uh, I'm sure people listening do know, but obviously the arena attack was... Um, committed by um an islamic extremist um and obviously with that following comes people associating the whole event with islam blaming muslim people and i actually looked into the stats of it and this is specifically in greater manchester so where we are where the attack happened in the month following the arena attack um Islamophobic hate crimes increased by 505%, like just in that month. So there were 224 reports of anti Muslim hate crime in that month, mm-hmm. compared with 37 in the same period in 2016. Um, the figures released by GMP also showed that generic hate crimes, not just Islamophobia, leapt from 92 to 366 um, following the attack. Race hate crimes jumped 61% to 778 incidents compared um, with the same four weeks last year. So basically one year on. Obviously as well, outside of Manchester, we had the Finsbury Mosque attack where I think that guy drove into a crowd outside it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is as well, I was thinking, okay, this is great. This is four years ago. We, should need, we need to actually think about now. So I looked into 2020 and... In the year ending March 2020, um, over like half of religious hate crime offences were targeted against Muslims. Um, so in that year, which was 3,089. So clearly, like I said, obviously condemning what happened, it's not justified. We need to think about how we can stop this from ever happening again. However no excuse for this hate crime these hate crimes following it like that that is just horrific that 50 percent of hate crimes in 2020 were targeted towards one specific religion obviously it's horrific that hate crimes are specific um 
put towards anyone but for it to be directed all towards one religion i think it says a lot about people's stereotypes and perceptions mm-hmm. and what's it called subtle not subtle but the hate that they have mm-hmm. within them like it's just it's awful yeah i think the stigma surrounding like what people think of terrorists geared towards their opinions of islamophobia and that really reflects it just shows like with the stats that you've just given carlos how little progress has been made post 9 11 from all that it sounds so obvious to sit here and say like oh just because a member of a certain community carried out a hate crime or a terrorist attack sorry um or a crime of that nature just because that person who perpetrated that crime belongs to a certain faith or culture Mm. it sounds really ridiculous to sit here and say oh that's not representative of the whole community because that's obvious of course it's not and it is definitely you can't just say oh yeah it happens to anyone because it doesn't like we we before this we were talking i was saying about obviously mass shootings in america are a Mm -hmm. huge problem and who are the main perpetrators of these white men Mm -hmm. do we ever see any form of um, hate crime towards white men like of any significance but they're not even labeled as terrorists yeah you know, exactly. the, the fedex one in minneapolis that was not labeled as a terrorist attack mm. the one prior to that um oh, i can't remember but uh, in general you know you they're just um they're not labeled as terrorists it's all oh mental health he was troubled he was yeah. he was a really good kid in school just quiet or something like that and just the second it's a brown face behind it that's instantly that's terrorist motivated it's racially motivated it's because of um islamic extremism or this that and the other which obviously is might be true for that one person in what they believe but that's not representative of a the entire faith or b the people that also belong to that faith who innocently don't deserve to be the target of hate crime yeah following stuff like this and i feel like because of what we spoke about with it being in manchester which was quite novel considering the last one you said was 1996 yeah like that was the ira i'm pretty sure there hasn't been any sort of incident like this yeah. in that time yeah. so a good amount of time has passed from that incident to this one and obviously the rest were quite london based having this one in manchester which was rather novel kind of this localized crime it sounds bad but like unsurprisingly brought about a localized spike in hate crimes mm. so it kind of explains why in was it the greater manchester area you yeah. had these this spike in hate crimes which obviously just reflects massively on the attitudes that people still have nearly 20 years on yeah it kind of it it's obvious it kind of brings out the again i don't like using but covert racism that Mm -hmm. people have embedded within them this is the type of thing where people are like oh i'm not racist i don't um dislike black people or blah 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 but it's this these obvious um stereotypes and beliefs that you still hold within you that mean the moment that something like this happens you jump on it and start accusing all these people mm-hmm. that you perceive as not british that, that that's basically you don't perceive them as british you don't perceive them as having the same values that you think um british people should have and you just jump on this bandwagon of oh it's their fault they moved here they're mm-hmm. taking they're taking our jobs they're blowing things up like yes yeah. and it's it's horrible like, i remember even like a few years after the event, I was driving um, down in Didsbury and um, the arena attacker had been known to go to Didsbury Mosque and I was driving past it and there was a bit of traffic and I was just like, what is this? 
and it was like two years later still they had these um edl marches going on outside the mosque and it's just like that leave the people up. alone like yeah like they have done nothing. Yeah. And these people, you have to live beside, you know. I'm sure Didsbury's not a massive area or anything. Mm. Like, um, these people are like your neighbours. Like, where yeah. is the sense in, like, conducting a march and having to go mm. around and, like, literally be, like you said, covertly racist? Yeah, and it's like, in this EDL thing, I'm pretty sure a lot of these people aren't even from Manchester. They specifically travel to Manchester with the sole purpose of going on these mar- and it's actually so sad as that well. Sad. They're all dressed up in like these, um, like with the England flag and wearing mm-hmm. like knight armor and stuff. And it's like, what, what, what are <laughs> like, you doing? Like, Think about it. Uh, Have shame. Yeah, I. One thing that I wanted to talk about as well is just what to do. Um, if you do witness a hate crime and I have been to like a few of these like sessions before but when um, when obviously everything happened with Sarah Everard mm-hmm. um, put together like or looked into how men can help women if they are seeing them with sexual harassment and I think the same thing that they can do I think can be applied here so it's called the principle of the um, I think it's like 4Ds or something like that so it's um distract so take an indirect approach to intervene in the situation and remove the victim from it so like without confronting the person mm-hmm. just kind of enter in take the person who's being victimized and kind of remove them from it obviously with their consent um to direct so this is if you do feel like you need to obviously confronting the situation but being firm clear and concise like there's no point you jumping in and just starting yelling at them because that's giving them the rise that they probably want um three delegates or seek help from a third party obviously um this might be um a stand first um what's it called pa- yeah, yeah someone who's like there at the same time um i mean if you want to you can go to the police but i would like personally wouldn't be all for that um depending on who it is as well like you'd never know how they're going to react to the situation and for document so if it's safe to do so document the incidents like mm-hmm. taking a photo or a video though obviously i wouldn't do that over intervening because it's kind of like if you're just sitting there videoing it, videoing someone's it. Getting, what does that yeah, help yeah, I mean, it will help in terms of documenting afterwards. I'd say maybe if people are already intervening, then document yeah, it. Yeah. But don't make that your priority because otherwise <laughs> you're literally just going to be sat there like... I think that's what we it. do have a big culture of. We just have these mm. videos of things happening and it's like, oh, so who's actually helping the person? But then saying that, if um, that girl hadn't videoed George Floyd, which obviously was like nearly mm. a year ago now, then we wouldn't be where we are. The thing is, that I, was, I don't blame her for not stepping in because there was like four cops. Yeah, this is the thing. That's like, different, I feel like. That's, yeah. I don't blame her for standing there and filming it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can really blame anyone in these oh, type no, of situations. Oh no, because you don't know how you're going to react. It's a very high adrenaline situation and mm. you want to put your safety first as well. You don't want to yeah. let yourself get injured. Yeah, that's the thing as well. That's that's why you shouldn't go in all guns blazing because no. literally all that's going to do is kind of end up in you maybe getting in a fight with them, which obviously doesn't really help anyone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that kind of concludes this segment. So all in all, obviously, thoughts go out to the family and friends yeah. of those who lost um, people in the attack four years ago or were affected in any way by it 
thoughts with the whole of Manchester, I'm sure it's like, uh, it's a weird time for everyone, really. And at the same time, obviously, you can condemn what happened and you can be sad and reflect and mourn and remember these people mm-hmm. without directing hate towards innocent people. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. want to say as well, a last thing is to call out your friends when you when you see behaviours that you might deem as like slightly problematic. It's better to kind of combat them at the root of the source. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of challenges these attitudes that people have and they'll realise that, oh, this is not OK. I can't say I can't say these words or I can't have this kind of attitude. And yeah. they won't go out of your bigger circle and say it because as long as you target within you guys, you know, it might just be a case of complete ignorance, like in, in an almost innocent way. Obviously, that's not justifying what someone might think, but someone might just not know better in some cases yeah and you once you've told them if they then they go and um take that on and mm-hmm. change then you've done something yeah good. yeah and that's it, positive change if, if they don't change then it's a case of well then that's why? willfully being yeah. ignorant but you know some people are just genuine just, they just don't know any better so i think call out your friends don't be afraid to call out your family in a polite way <laughs> um <laughs> yeah don't don't get yourself kicked out or no. anything like yeah yeah, I think it's all in all these situations. It's a case of assessing the situation, mm-hmm. seeing how much worth is it. Like, do I think I can actually For make sure. change? Like, or do I think I can actually, even if you're not making change, like kind of turning the cogs in people's brains and being like, oh, yeah. maybe like just yeah. kind of promoting the idea of thinking a little bit more critically about what comes out of your mouth sometimes and. Yeah just kind of letting people in on that idea and kind of educating from there. And that's how you kind of insight change, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we're going to go through a few, like, what's it called? Culturally relevant? What's it called when they're like the topics of the current time? Um, yeah, we've got two deg- degree people here, guys. Higher educated than that, and we can't mm-hmm. think of what to say. Basically, we're going to talk about stuff that everyone's talking about at the moment. That's That's what it is. So, first up, some sad news. Microsoft have announced that Internet Explorer is finally bowing out after 26 years. Just tragic. It is. Actually, it's not devastating. It's not. I, I, I hate that was it. Dramatic. I hate, I hate Internet Explorer yeah, so much. Yeah, I used it by accident for the first time in a long time, like a few weeks ago. And I was like, what is this? I can't use mm. it. Like, I need Chrome. It's so weird how that was like the go-to, you know what that I mean? That was the height of modern technology. Yeah. It's just, it's just so... Is paint going to go or is paint gone? I don't even I know. I feel like paint's gone. I don't even know. I haven't used like a Windows thing in ages. No. Like, it's, it's all about Apple now. They've got us under the monopoly and all that. Oh my like, God, yeah. Yeah. But just thinking about that, I mean, obviously it's a bit overdue. Like, let's be honest, Internet Explorer hasn't really been a thing for no. like the past like decade even i remember they they used to have it as the main browser at school and i was just like why this is just so like bad to use like just didn't like it but i think it's just the thing of thinking are like apps and programs can they ever remain immortal in that sense or are they destined to eventually fade out because thinking about for example facebook used mm-hmm. to be like the big thing the big thing and now All it's kind of just no one really uses it no then you've got um sort of like skype and they had a major yeah. chance to like proper get back into it there's that oh lockdown my God, yeah and they fumbled the bag and it's gone to <laughs> zoom now like you know what i mean so yeah. it's a case of do you think if 
these apps and programs adapt do they actually stand a chance of like standing the test of time i think in order to stand the test of time you have to continually review what the market is saying basically and kind of see what where demands are and what people want look at your competitors and that's kind of where internet explorer and skype fumbled the bag in it mm. like that's why i feel like like you said earlier that these apps well a lot of them at least probably won't be immortal because it's impossible to kind of keep up with demand and your new competitor comes in who's already seen the demand they've got like this new brilliant idea with um, a really easy user interface and everything like i feel like apple has the most easiest user interface ever like yeah so easy to use they've changed it as well like if you look at what iphones used to look like like 10 15 years ago yeah and it's like (laughs) i remember each time it changes we're always like oh i don't want it to change why is it doing that but then realistically it's changing because our expectations are changing yeah your expectations of technology are so far advanced at this point you're always expecting the the faster the better the easier Mm. thing to use like something that does the job easier than the thing that did before yeah and some companies i suppose won't be able to keep up with that demand also one thing quickly that they need to bring back that they've gotten rid of (laughs) is touch id instead of face id yeah but they don't have the button do they no buttons are gone and oh now that i'm listen oh, Apple. Yeah, I, oh yeah i have a button yes i have, have you got a, bu- a button yes i've kept my a button, iphone man. 8 i've not yeah. got a button and i don't have a headphone jack thing just the oh, charger oh yeah that's yeah. true so life sucks don't like, yeah and we know why they've done that is so that everyone has to buy me yeah. the adapter and i've spent about 40 quid on adapters in the last four years yeah, they always break and they always break yeah thanks apple i think i've literally just stopped using like earphones pretty much now like just because i just i it's just so inconvenient like yeah now that like honestly now that i have um like airpods mm. or like everyone uses bluetooth or wireless like over ear ones and stuff now anyway yeah there's no real need Nah, but like i've had mares with that before <laughs> like i remember like even though this was like ages ago in like sixth form like i was in manchester central library and um suddenly um oh no let's go like fine china by chris brown just starts playing out <laughs> into the um silence yeah it wasn't great i would never go back to that library <laughs> i would immediately pack my things up leave uh, and i would never i don't, don't care how much work i've got to do yeah. i just would never it, it i wouldn't a... do you think about that sometimes yeah. like before you're about to go to bed and your brain's like let me just give you that yeah, memory yeah it's Pain. my fault for like listening to Chris Brown after everything. I'll take the L. We'll yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. The universe saw what you did. Yeah. I apologize. And they said, embarrass him. <laughs> but in terms of like apps and stuff standing the test of time, obviously Facebook was all the rage. Everyone was on Facebook. And mm. now it's not as relevant, nowhere near as relevant, I'd say, as yeah. it was 10 years ago. The only one, I mean, like Instagram's trendy. I can see Instagram dying out easily. Snapchat, I'd say it's on its way out. Yeah, Snapchat's just trying. It's just always trying. But the thing is, the younger generation actually use it still. I don't understand why, but like, they still are on it. I think it is easy for like, kids in school. Like, you know, you just send a message, it gets deleted. Like, you know, yeah, they no like embarrassment. The yeah, yeah, the idea of that. The stories yeah. are easier, I think, than Instagrams are because obviously like the algorithm kind of messes it up and mm. stuff. So like accessibility user like ease of access and stuff is a lot better for snapchat especially for younger people i think mm-hmm. um and also like your fee is not clogged with like celebrities just people you know yeah you know that's true um the only one i could really see lasting a very very long time if not near enough immortal is twitter 
Yeah, see, people say this, but then I'm also like, surely eventually we'll want more. Because I think see, it's about, tw- yeah. Twitter hasn't been a thing for a while. Obviously, Twitter's been around, yeah. but it wasn't until, like, I'd say, like, the mid-2010s that it actually, people, like, like started off. appreciating yeah. it. So it's actually, because it's had that bit of a delay, we're still in, like, obviously the peak of it. I feel like mm-hmm. it will eventually. Yeah, I think because we're in it now, I can't see what more can anyone want from it sort of thing. But I think in terms of, like, mm. you know, like, world news and stuff, it's so good. You get, like, on the on the ground footage of what's happening in places, yeah. especially, like let's talk about like palestine and stuff you're seeing stuff happening there in real time stuff that bbc news isn't going to show you yeah you know the farmers protest there was so much stuff that came out there um and all these like world events when the blm protests were happening when there was like um cases with the police here and in america probably everywhere else in the world as well when all the marches were happening so there was so much stuff that you could see that was going on that the news wasn't showing you and that's what i think twitter is the best for yeah um, as long as Twitter keeps on doing what, that's the thing is, is maybe not a case of Twitter advancing, but just keeping what it's doing. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like Twitter's like t- had talks about going like private and stuff, yeah. isn't it? So I feel like that could possibly be how they end up ruining it. Exactly. It would come down to like capitalist greed, essentially. Yeah. If Twitter wanted to sell out, then they would be kind of, I think there was a lot of criticism over that happening and then the um, concerns of a free speech mm. and stuff, because that's obviously twitter is a platform for free speech so i feel like where would it go like like reddit like <laughs> <laughs> reddit is just a mess like oh dear but yeah the new thing always is going to take over you know we had like brick phones and we probably never thought that technology would go past like, i saw a tiktok and it was um steve jobs's first ever like conference showing like the stakeholders what the iphone can do and he you remember when it was just like an arrow on the bottom of the screen, you just swiped it across mm, and that's how you unlocked it. Yeah. That's what he did. And everyone, like, they could not believe what they were seeing. And he did yeah. that, like, um, <laughs> like you know, when you use your finger and, like, you move it from the bottom of the screen to the top to scroll. Yeah. Um, He did that and, like, no one could believe their eyes. <laughs> and I just feel like we take that for granted. Yeah, like, there are things that we can't comprehend now that probably will be, like, I for reckon sure. it'll be something like like sort of like maybe like a chip or something and you can like see it with your eyes and no well, one remember else can the see google it. glass the google glasses oh, it was yeah. like a heads up display like at all times you could just see what what you needed to do i guess or whatever they yeah. showed you maybe like the time of day the weather and stuff like crazy it's even scary. now like having alexa and like siri and stuff i always i never had it on before because i was like i'm just scared about the microphone thing but they're yeah. listening anyway regardless so i might as well benefit <laughs> oh dear um, I, I don't like it so now all the time i'm speaking to siri i always ask him yeah. questions and stuff and it's just so easy like i can be like he's gonna say he's gonna listen to me now if i say and, but i'll be like hey siri play xyz players from spotify and they just do it from the opposite from like the other side of the room and it's done i don't have to go yeah, over there unlock yeah. my phone and put this playlist on as if that's hard but that's kind of one thing that annoys me is these people that are like oh yeah and don't want to get the covid vaccine because they'll be part of this massive experiment i'm like yeah literally they're listening all the times anyway yeah. like i think you're, you're already giving in to like the man you know what I mean? yeah like, you're 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 kind of far gone like yeah oh well Mo- now's so not the time to like stick it to the man you know yeah, like, like get your vaccine yeah please do um so in other news obviously it's eurovision tonight um super exciting yeah i know um, do you ever watch it have you ever watched it i have watched eurovision maybe when i was a young child mm. <laughs> i watched eurovision via gogglebox yeah that's the, probably the best way <laughs> yeah. to watch it but yeah, one thing I thought was interesting is obviously like 
for some reason, obviously, like Australia's in it. Don't know why. But also, Israel Brandon. is in it. I think Israel run it, won it a few years back. For a few years back, mm-hmm. so that's going to be interesting. Obviously, in the current climate, mm. seeing that. So yeah, we'll see. But on a lighter note, I was thinking, um, if we were to create our own, so our own Desi Vision. <laughs> Um, who would we nominate? So, like, just just think of some countries and like, who, who do you think? Like, what artist and song would you like nominate? You just really are asking the wrong person. But what do you mean asking the wrong person? You, you like you're like um Canadian. What's it called? AP Dylan. Yeah, AP Dylan. Oh, Nav. Yeah, Nav. Yeah. <laughs> so, what song? Mariah. No, Mariah. that's too basic. Yeah, Mariah. Right. So he's repping Canada. Yeah, and then it um, was... Steel Bangles for the UK. Yeah, okay. Does he count? He's not an artist; he's a producer. Has he ever done any tracks? Yeah, yeah he yeah, does. Yeah, his own... yeah, I've seen he... him live. Like he just does we... his, he just does his production tracks. We um, submit that um, Sibu Musawala one and um, Steph London and all them. Yeah, oh my that, god! That yeah, forty seven. Yeah, okay, yeah. that one for sure. And then, so is. AP Dylan, India, AP Dylan, right? India. But yeah. then you probably find a better representative for India. I'd put AP Dylan for like Punjab. Okay. Fair. If we were going to go that regional with it. <laughs> um, who else? There? No, the, there's a lot of Dutch artists. I'd say maybe someone like First Man or something like that. Maybe for Dutch, like what's it called? His track, like Dance. I think that's his main one. Who else? USA. Are there any? Do you know any USA? There's got to be. America. But then I'm also like UK. I feel like we should have done Jay Sean. I feel like he, he deserves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what we'll do. We'll do, you know, they make custom tracks for it. We'll put Steel Bangles <laughs> and Jay Sean and together. Jay Sean on a and track. see what happens. When worlds collide. <laughs> Jay Sean's a TikTok star now. Just just saying. Yeah. Jay Sean is, <laughs> is just Jay Sean, isn't it? Like, it's literally. Like, me and my um, girlfriend were like looking through these TikToks as like songs you've probably forgotten. Fun couples activities. Yeah, Talk Jay li- Sean's TikTok. It's not even that. It's like just TikTok. And there's these songs that you've probably forgotten. And Jay Sean was just like, like loads on there. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. Forgotten. That's the thing. Yeah. But he made bangers. Mm, he deserves his. I would put um, Jay Sean forward. Yeah. Jay Sean, Steel Bangers. And feel like who else do you put on the track? Savak. Svak. That's the only one I can think of. Who's Svak? He's a producer and he made like, I want to say, oh my God, he made loads of Miss songs. You know when Miss is like, just made a banger with Savak? Okay. You never heard that? Never no, mind. not going to lie. Never I know Miss though, yeah. Like... Yeah. Oh my God, we could put Mist forward for Desi Vision. <laughs> is Mist Asian? No. Yeah, but yeah, he speaks was... Punjabi on his tracks and he's, he's, He's an honorary member of the Punjabi community in my eyes. Right, I think we're like starting to get in a bit of like um, dodgy territory here. Um, but yeah. But I think if I gave you like a really random country, if I just said like, oh, give me like a Daisy artist from like Belgium. Actually, that's a bad one. There probably is some. Yeah. Like Poland. You know? Young Vodka. Young Vodka. Yeah, you know. can't say that. Well, that's vodka's from Poland, isn't it? Is it from Poland? I think, yeah, you get it from Russia, Poland, Finland, and somewhere else. I know this from my Zoom quizzes, <laughs> <laughs> literally. But yeah, I think if anyone wants to do this in Desi Vision, get in touch. We'll present it. Um, Down. Yeah, we'll take the money. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. This is what's got patents now. Like, you can't take our idea anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear. But in all seriousness, um, can I? Can we also just discuss why is it that we never put forward any good people from the UK for Eurovision? Who do we put forward? Like it's always just random people. I don't understand. We actually have so much talent coming out of the UK. Why yeah, do we facts. all? Why do we always just like put some like one the nobody nobody knows just some silly song that obviously isn't going to win? Yeah. And it's just like why? So many good people you could have put forward. Like even chuck like a little Adele on there or something. I'm sure she'd do it. No? Yeah. Yeah, there are so many people. It makes me think, surely there's some rule that you, like, have to be something like... Because I'm just like, why would we not have, like, submitted, like, good people for it? Yeah, weird, man. Or maybe it's just the artists are embarrassed. Understandable, not going to lie. Yeah, Eurovision... I don't know why it still happens, to be honest with you. Just It's not even, like, Europe anymore. Like I said, they've got Australia, Australia. Israel, like... Where have they come from? It's it's colonisation all over again. I'm gonna lie. Facts. And on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Um, we've also got our special guest today, Mr. Faz. How are you doing? I'm alive. Thank you very much for having me. I'm, <laughs> no I'm worries. really appreciative for you guys to uh, bring me on. Nah, and honestly, we're really thank appreciative. We're sorry, we're two boxes of chocolate. <laughs> 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 I say a bit of ASMR for you guys. Like, mm. Well, Carlos presents with a furrow rusher in his mouth. Go on, try talk. <laughs> oh, fine. You know what? Guys, Never know. This might be the most viewed uh, uh, episode because of the ASMR. Because yeah. it's like, yeah. so popular, isn't it? Getting the, we'll put it in the tags like hashtag ASMR. ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we were doing a chili challenge the other week and we were saying because we've got this like little mics on us, mm-hmm. um, you could literally hear like the crunching. It was, and everything. It was not even pleasant. Mm. It wasn't even nice to hear. And I like ASMR. I kind of, I'm I kind an ASMR of gal, yeah. What not do you mean? You sit one. there watching... Not the food ones. You know when they cut soap? Yeah. What? <laughs> but I can't, so you know me, I can't judge because last night I was watching someone camping in snow for like right. a 30-minute video. Just random video. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I wish I knew. Was it like when you go on YouTube and you just keep clicking on the ones on the side? You end yeah, up on the random weirdest, videos. Yeah, just like, random video. videos. Random videos, literally. Fair enough. So, I like you know me. I have an obsession with knowing things I have no business in knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Documentaries and things like that. Yeah. I love it. That is true. I do like those like really weird ones. Yeah. Like yeah, fair enough. This is a very like weird way to introduce yourself. People don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm very different. Very like most of my friends would say I'm very weird. <laughs> fair. Do you agree with them? Um, obviously not. But yeah, I have to. <laughs> I have to. So, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, like? Why are you here today? What are you here to promote? All of that. Sure. So, um, my name is Faisal, but everybody calls me Faz. I have loads of nicknames, but Faz is the one that I stuck with. And um, which is um, big-headed as it sounds. <laughs> it's <laughs> the whole purpose of my podcast is, um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews. Um, but I was sick and tired of trying to find interviews of shows that I could relate to with the person. Mm. nine out of ten times you know you'll watch some motivational quote from Dwayne Johnson or Elon Musk or you know all these things and you think wow they've done it I can do it but they're sleeping in a multi-million pound dollar mansion and Mm. you're in a terraced house you can't really relate right so I thought I've searched up and down on the internet can't find a show which brings on up-and-coming individuals individuals that no one knows or barely know or someone who's just starting their journey or, or or just start started their journey you know and that's i thought what other best way to make a platform to have these you know dig for gold and find these individuals through mm-hmm. the rubble and um, give them a platform yeah so yeah planet fast uh, planet fast podcast yeah that's so, what it is 
One thing I want to ask as well is like, where do you film it? Because you've always got that like cool like blue. You like it? Light. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. signature. I yeah. like it. Um, so at first, me and my uh, close friend Eric, big up Eric, we shot a, we shot a tester episode in my in my second room in my house. I thought, oh yeah, yeah, this this looks cool. But then I was like, if I'm gonna take something seriously, if I really want to get signed to Spotify, you know, if I really want to take, I have to do it seriously. So I went and got a studio. A separate studio. I went and got proper cameras, proper lighting. I don't. I still don't think it's the best. I think your place is like really cool. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, no, we're still, we're still like developing, but yeah. yeah, it's like it's it's nice. It's it's vibey, definitely. It's got its own like unique feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought blue. Literally, just slapped everything together. Oh, got some lights. Blue looks cool. Put blue, and then it just goes with my logo as well. Just a simple logo, and I thought, yeah, just keep that. And everybody was like. It sounds so. It looks so cool, mm. um, and I thought, okay, we'll stick with it. Yeah, yeah. no, it it really do like it. Looks a bit like. Do you remember like Power Rangers? You know the yeah. room with like Zord on <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, it looks a bit like that. It's like and that's yeah. cool. And I thought it'd be it. It would be a bit weird to have guests come into my house every single week, or yeah, you know. So mm. to make it to make them think I'm taking it serious. Yeah, that's I had true. a true. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Fair. So like. You said, like, obviously you're trying to get, like, up-and-coming people, like, people that people might not have heard about. So is there any specific, um, like, sort of area, or is it just different people that are up-and-coming in a profession? Yeah, you know, the thing is, I say up-and-coming respectfully, because some people, you know, they might get it twisted and say, oh, he, you know, he might not want me, da-da-da, because I get DMs like that all the time, can I be on your show, and X, Y, Z. I like people who are unique, Somebody who's doing something unique, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I recently had someone who's brought out their portable blender. And, like, I, I observe things so deeply. This person's blender company, well, company and the blender, I couldn't find another one. And this person lives, like, 10 minutes down the road from me. This, I went to college with this person. So it's pretty unique, right? Mm-hmm. And then I found another person. He, he's a, a Bengali guy, 22-year-old, Riazuddin. Uh, and he's, like doing things with my protein. It's got like 20 odd K followers, something, which is very weird because you never see Asian guys in the fitness industry do so well, mm. you yeah, know, or yeah. do good things or crazy things, right? So unique things. Um, trying to find these people mm-hmm. with unique ideas, yeah, and unique backgrounds, yeah. I think it's interesting because then when you start digging for it, you start finding yeah, these people that you've never me. had, like you said, 20K followers. Trust me. That you're just like, where have you come from? Where, yeah, yeah. where have you been? Like you said, like, the representation in certain industries like the fitness industry or with my protein that you don't have like an Asian male face sometimes it's not really mm. what you see normally so then to kind of sort that out find it and you know these are like he's up you say up and coming he's got 20k followers he's yeah. established but you know see to see where they want to go and how Correct. they've gotten to where they are is super interesting and imagine five years from now where uh, he be? gets signed to let's say Nike Puma mm. whatever mm. I would have been not saying you know, mm. like that. But I would have been one of those people that have uh, had a, you know, conversation with him. Yeah. And he can actually see it as well. Five yeah. years ago, my mindset was like this. Mm. So, yeah, that's the kind of idea behind it. All. Yeah. <laughs> and I can mm. see in five years' time if I'm signed to Spotify or not. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, is that your goal then, do you think? Like, is that, what you want, is that what you want to be? Do you want to be able to be doing this, like, full time? Or is it more oh, of a hobby? Yes. Or Trust me. Oh, mm. yes. Like, I, I have a full-time job. Mm. If I made... 75% of what I make in my full-time job with my podcast, I'd give it up in a heartbeat. Mm. Because the whole purpose of life is doing something you enjoy. And For I love sure. my full-time job. Mm-hmm. My full-time job is very good. Like, it's comfortable, it's flexible, it's good pay. But 
this is like you know this is me mm. and i love to talk yeah. i love to learn i love to observe so things like that uh, yeah i would give it up in a heartbeat and and do it full-time if i could so what area is your full-time job if you don't mind me asking taxes, Tax- <laughs> taxes how do you love uh, that uh, i love numbers and it's very yeah. interesting so i work for hmrc as a tax compliance officer mm. that's my full-time role uh it's very interesting what some people mm. get up to yeah <laughs> i was not surprised actually yeah. but like even though you love your like corporate side of your job i think when you find that creative side that's always so much more satisfying when you want to go into that like if that yeah. became your full time it'd be way more satisfying than i, I tax still can't compliance. imagine if it could mm. you know i don't see myself doing crazy things in life i just see day by day i yeah. just take it day by day yeah. yeah like i don't know if i don't know if i ever will get a sponsor i don't know if some if my youtube channel will ever get 100k views or 100k subscribers god knows we'll see <laughs> just take an episode at a time mm-hmm. mm. yeah I think that's the thing. It's important to obviously have like goals and that, but at the same time, not to be um get like bogged down in it. Like if you're constantly like, oh, I need to be getting this or I need to be at this stage, I need to be at that stage. It actually is almost counterproductive because you're just constantly um comparing yourself against yourself or other people rather than yeah. just focusing on producing good content. Yeah. Ultimately that should be the main focus really like yeah. if you're going to be putting out content you want it to be content that you're proud of mm-hmm. rather than just putting out content for the sake of numbers like yeah i mean you know what funny enough when i started my podcast uh i'm very like close with a lot of people in my area right in my town and they were saying you know why don't you talk about megan markle situation when it happened why don't you talk about x and that and i'm like that's not me mm. there's so many podcasts respectfully that do it and that's fine. They get 10,000 views as soon as they upload, right? Mm-hmm. But that is not me. I started off with this idea that I will have up-and-coming individuals constantly, whether that my YouTube blows up, my podcast blows up, or if not. Because I've not seen someone, you know, do this type of thing. And I've almost, I'm a, I almost feel like I've made my own niche. Mm. And I want to stick mm-hmm. to it. And I want to I be the first, you know, I want to claim it fully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why I don't do, like, current affairs much and things like that. Yeah. And people get at me for it, but that's not what my platform's for. No, you shouldn't feel pressured to go down a specific topic. I mean, like, obviously, us here, like, we're a South Asian show, but I think we've kind of, especially in the past few months, kind of been a bit like, we don't, we shouldn't be forcing ourselves to focus solely on topics concerning the South Asian community, but rather just commenting on them as South Asian individuals, because ultimately that's yeah that's us, isn't it well i said this like having a show that you put south asian on the title it really does put you in a box in terms of like now mm. all your content has to be this you know all your content has to be related to south asian culture and issues but i think what we kind of overcame with that was like no it doesn't we're just going to put forward the idea that we can link it in just as much with the general like western or english culture yeah and we don't have to be in that box anymore which i feel like we are doing a pretty good job of getting out of yeah um that yeah, while still also maintaining it. While maintaining yeah. the fact that we are South Asians and we speak from that point of view and we do still speak on important issues that go on within the culture and surrounding cultures, but it's not solely oriented on that anymore, that we just kind of, we've diversified, basically. I think that's important to, it's what helps with, like, engagement, but still in, like, an authentic way. But don't you think that connotation sometimes can tie you down? A hundred percent. Like, um, I was speaking about this with a very... Um, well-known chef the other week mm-hmm. uh, and we were saying you know they were asking me things like uh, what do i think of you know bando box have you heard of bando box yeah. in manchester um and i've spoken to another few individuals as well and i think connot- like these sort of connotations can tie you down and mm-hmm. big co- big corporations don't t- end up taking you seriously then 
mm. you, you always end up being that name. Like, respectfully, again, Mango Masala, right? Straight away, what, what comes to your mind? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then now you're trying to break out and are those people outside, you know, that target audience, are they going to accept you? Mm. Are they going to really soak in what you're mm. trying to give them? Yeah. I, I, that's why, like me, I was struggling so much with the name. What was I going to say? Because I'm Bengali, right? Originally, I was going to say something something to do with Bangladesh, something like this. But I was like, no, 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 no. I have to come up with something that nobody can actually guess where I'm from. Yeah. Because I have this like fear of people boxing me in straight away. Oh, he's Asian. That's an Asian podcast. Mm. Straight away. Mm-hmm. And I was so scared of that. So scared of this connotation thing that goes on. It's a shame that Halim is not here. She'd be loving this right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but I, like, I think, are you our first Bengali guest? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And Halim is not here to witness it. <laughs> come on. Yeah. No. She'll actually, she will actually be gutted. But... I was going to say, like, it's easy. Like, we could completely betray the South Asian thing and talk about general issues and not do it from our, that sure, perspective. Yeah. And yeah, it might be great for numbers, but that's not authentic. You could speak about Meghan Markle and stuff like <laughs> that's really topical and in the news, but that's not authentic to Correct. Planet Faz. Yeah. Correct. You yeah, know? very true. got to but... be unapologetically yourself. But, you know, pressure comes from now uh, YouTube views subscribers Mm -hmm. like you at some point you want to start making something from this Mm -hmm. it's enough is enough like how much money are you going to spend on cameras and editing Mm -hmm. and time right you want to make something back so what do you do are you going to start trying to branch out a bit that's that's the kind of position i'm in now yeah i'm nearly at thousand subscribers so i can start almost monetizing i'm nearly hitting my view count um and then now i have to think okay what do i do do i continue making what i make and then maybe you know youtube money's peanuts yeah. But I have to start thinking of sponsorships, views. Yeah. Is someone going to take me serious? So, yeah. It's like exponential, isn't it? Because it's sort of like, if once you get over it, correct. it's like... Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but like, honestly, for as someone who like, or as people that aren't necessarily that um, clued up on the whole like YouTube numbers front, like how have you got to that stage where you're at nearly a thousand subscribers? Is that just through unapologetically being yourself or is it through certain tactics that you're going by or is it like I would say tactic. <laughs> so what what what, so, what kind of you thing know, is that? Uh, what some of my friends say I'm very good at making people do something that they don't want to do. In a good way. So like <laughs> how many people like you promote, right? You promote follow me, follow my page, da 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 but will they follow? Like nine out of ten times they won't, they're just like, you know, whatever, yeah. just leave it. So what I started doing is I started trying to, my followers will probably listen to this, and I, stri- I tried to encourage them to support up-and-coming. I, st- I started this small trend in my little 2,000 followers that I have, like support up-and-coming businesses, support up-and-coming people. I have 2,000 followers, but I don't have 2,000 subscribers, and I'm sure 2,000 of you have YouTube accounts. Mm. So why are you not yeah. supporting me? Why I, I, I like to say it straight. Why are you following me if you're not going to subscribe to my channel? It clicks you one button, but to me, it means the world. So mm. are you really showing me love and support? I don't need your share. I don't need your share. I don't need your like. Do what I really need you to do. Go and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Like, go and watch five minutes of my video. Go and like, right? Go and leave a comment. When I put a poll, like, respond to the poll, mm. things like that. Engage with me. Mm-hmm. Like, all of you engage with me. And then I started to see the subscribers, like, started to, you know, go up, mm. go up, go up like that. I'm nearly at a thousand now, that which is... is nothing, but... That is interesting, though, because that could have gone the other way. Like, obviously, it would have been good because it would have outed the people that aren't actually there to support you. But I imagine if you're kind of like 
oh, I need you to do this. If you're not doing that, then, like, why are you following me? Like, if you're not going to support me, I can imagine some people seeing that and be like, oh, well, why am I following him then? And then unfollowing, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. good that that's But I don't say it like that. You. I don't say it like that. I said it, like, just, I think yesterday or the day before, I was, I was saying, so we all have a phone that costs four figures, right? Mm. This phone costs four figures to buy. But you're not willing to spend 20 quid for your friend's product that he's trying to, or she's trying to sell. But you spent, you know, monthly contract on this phone that's gonna cost you four figures, and that's starting the trend. So then, when I upload a video or upload a, a, a something on my YouTube, like, okay, you have all this time, twenty four hours. Takes you five seconds to go and subscribe to my page. Takes you five seconds to go and like my stuff. Takes you five minutes to go and watch, you know, a video of mine. Mm-hmm. Do it if you're really gonna be here all the way. Then do it all the way. Don't do it fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So that started helping, but I don't word it like that. I word it, you know, yeah. in a way where I'm friendlier. Trying to change yeah. their mentality, yeah. It's literally every day uploading to your story, like, subscribe to me, otherwise unfollow me, I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely don't do that, guys. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, But thinking about how you got to where you are today, I know obviously something you wanted to touch upon was just that general like motivation and manifesting yeah. things. So how, thinking to the beginning of Planet Faz and where you are now, how is you manifesting stuff got you to where you are today? You know, I have to go a bit before Planet Faz. Okay. So I was an asylum seeker in this country for 10 years. I lived alone since 17. I'm 25 now. Uh, it took me a long time to... I fought my own case with the Home Office as well. I, I represented myself, won my case, started becoming independent, started getting a job. But I always had this thing in my head that... Um, Soon as I'm able to, you know, work, able to travel, I'm gone like a bullet. Nobody's catching me. I don't have no plan. <laughs> I might look like I have the best plan. I have no plan. I have no vision. Nothing. I just take every day, every every day at a time, one day at a time. And with Planet Fast, it was never the case that oh, I'm gonna make a podcast. I was just always good at talking, always good. Any job interview, it's like ninety nine percent success rate. Just let me get to the job interview. I'll get the job. Uh, speaking to random individuals, no problem. I don't shy away from different type of people. No, I can talk to young people, old people, middle-aged, anyone, millionaire, non-millionaire, anyone. And someone recommended me saying, you know what, um, some of the stories that you have, some of the things that you've been through, it's like, great, you should bring up, like, a talk about it, really. And I thought, well, how much can I talk about myself till people get bored? Mm. Why not just bring another individual similar to me who's going through or been through certain things mm-hmm. and up and coming? And that's where, like, it tied together. And uh, it just started off like, oh, yeah, we'll just do a couple of videos a week, da da da. But then now it's starting to get very serious where I'm like, this could actually, you know, potentially people are starting to notice. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have noticed me. I see the likes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm yeah, messaging. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, see, I, say, I see your mango masala liking myself. So I was like, small things like this mean a lot to me. Yeah. So I think that's nice as well. Like, one thing that I've said, like, multiple times on the show is just how much there is like sort of like a tight knit South Asian community on Instagram. Like everyone kind of like follows each other or is like knows of each other. And it's even if it's like, obviously you get some people that like aren't necessarily in it for the right reasons or whatever, or like just people that are like seem nice, but aren't nice or like whatever. But like ultimately it's there and it does feel nice. I was kind of like when we first started this, I was kind of expecting to be completely in the deep end, but it's just nice seeing how much people like support each other. And like you say, like, going that extra mile for each other, like, yeah, it's nice. 
Definitely. Yeah, and I think for me, like, um, I don't want to stick to just my my people, let's say, mm. right? Like the Asian people. Uh, or a lot of my friends are, are black, uh, so the black people. No, I wanna, I wanna cater, or I want everybody to be able to kind of pick something from Planet Fast. That's the whole purpose of it. So like the guests can range from different ages, different backgrounds, different whatever. Mm-hmm. So everybody can take a bit from Planet mm-hmm. Fast. That's the whole you know thing of it. I actually don't have many South Asian or Asian people that actually like follow me or mm-hmm. reach out to me. This was the first one that kind of you know reached out to me i normally have like white people or black people that reach out to me so yeah uh, no like in that case it's good to just to see that the general people are willing to support each other then like yeah because i think that's the thing it, it's sad because like i think it's something especially in the younger generation as well like something i've noticed is obviously we're a youth-led radio station and um so i'm 24 25 this year and I actually feel like I'm on the older end of the spectrum here at the station. <laughs> and um, it's interesting seeing just people that are, say, like, um, Simran, you're, like, three years younger. Yeah, or around, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that and below, or even below that, there is definitely more of a sense of, like, p- more people follow each other and it's all about kind of For supporting sure. each other in yeah. numbers. and mm-hmm. that. But it's, but it's not about, like, oh, I've got this many numbers. It's more a case of it's just natural for people to share each other's stuff oh my god yeah and it's not like a numbers game anymore and it's not Mm. competitive in in that sense or as i feel like i don't know if it's a north south thing but definitely down south like the creative industry is competitive it's not friendly Mm. and there's no sense of like unity because you're south asian or because you might be black or because you might be white or belong to a certain faith or culture that doesn't exist as much either like people don't really respect it as much there Mm. there it's very like every man for themselves kind of thing so I feel like up here, you do get that sense of unity of like, oh, I can recognise your show, you're up and coming, you're an up and coming artist, come on my podcast, or you can come here and be on our, our radio show and yeah. stuff. That's It's a lot of mutual benefit and a lot of mutual respect, mm. which I like. In yeah. Down South, you have something popping up every day, something new coming up mm. every day. Whereas yeah. here, the competition's a lot less, mm-hmm. so the support is a lot more. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm. So, Down South, every day, it's the next podcast. It's a new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day, there'll be something new. A new yeah. artist, a new this, a new that. So yeah, the competition's yeah. going to be a lot harder as well. Mm. And the thing is, as well, it still is, like, the competition's still high up here, so I can't even imagine what it's like, like, it down there. It is literally every there, other day, like... it's the next artist. But you know, how weird, like, I have a friend who has a podcast, right? And he started before me. Uh, I look at his numbers. Of course I do. He looks at my numbers. But at no point do I feel like I'm competing. No. Because mm. long as my, just before you touched on it, long as my content is something that I am proud of, that's all that matters. The views, mm-hmm. none of that. I could turn the view thingy off on YouTube so people don't see how many views I've got, or the likes or the mm-hmm. comments. Um, just long as the content is, you know, good, consistently good. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Someone somewhere could relate to it, and that's all that matters. You don't need to reach to ten thousand people. If you, uh, if you've like uh, inspired five people, one person, that's enough for me. For me, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that's agree. enough for me. I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, just even people like that come to us saying like, "Oh yeah, I was listening to um, the episode back on Spotify," and I was like, "Wow, people actually." listen that that's nice because like, i do when you're like constantly taking the episodes because obviously our main thing is it's radio mm-hmm. but we still like take it and put it on spotify and just to see 
like it can be a bit like oh we're uploading this but is it actually worth it is anyone actually going to be listening to it but just to hear people actually relating to it like it is nice to see that and see that you're not even not even necessarily inspiring but just like being relatable for people or like just adding to their day it can affect people and i said that was like one of the main reasons why i came onto this show when i got offered was like i just said if i can say my piece and kind of get my position out there and talk about things from my perspective and it impacts one person yeah that's fine by me do you know yeah. what i mean i've done i've done my bit yeah i'm happy with that and i suppose it's probably the same for you yeah it's the same for me like um but me i'm i got a big mouth <laughs> I end up I end up saying things that a lot Liam of people should be here. Yeah, Liam should be here. <laughs> I end up saying a lot of things that a lot of people don't like, but this is the thing I'm in a space where I'm okay to actually listen to you if I don't agree with you. I want to listen to you because I'm in a space where well Planet Fuzz is where it's about educating everyone. Mm-hmm. Just just take a minute and stop getting triggered because I had a thingy with someone this morning where I was, you know, we were speaking about something regarding a poll of mine and that person got really triggered. I was like, we need to stop doing that, like getting triggered so quickly. Just listen to the person. They might have a different aspect to you, whether that be any conversation, at, you know, just just kind of put your mindset as you want to be educated rather than just, oh, if you don't agree with me on my agenda, you're trash. Mm. <laughs> yeah, cancelled. Yeah, you, I, I don't yeah. believe in cancel culture anyways. No. Yeah, yeah that's a whole other like... Cancel culture is different <laughs> because people, there are people that deserve to get cancelled but then there are people getting cancelled for a tweet six years ago. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. believe in it anyways. Like that's... some 18-year-old thinks they're the most powerful person in oh the world God, because yeah. they're telling someone get off the net. Keyboard Whereas warrior. they can't tell their mom turn the lights off. <laughs> Shout out to Poet. I, I got that from Poet, but yeah. <laughs> and we have got Faz. Hey, everyone. He's a special guest today and he's the number one special guest because he's brought lots of chocolate. <laughs> and yeah, if anyone's listening and wants to come on the show in the future, you That's know, the yeah, you need to top it. Um, what else do we want, Simran? Oh, free clothes. <laughs> we want... I've been saying this. I've been saying this. I'll wear any brand. <laughs> Boohoo, yeah. ASOS. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I want? I want someone to pay for the working lift in this building. That's what we oh, want. I like it. Like Get steps in, man. Oh, my knees were crying. <laughs> four, four flights of stairs. Yeah, my knees were crying. Nah. Your age is showing, guys. Oh, yeah, 25. I'm at, I'm at knees are 52. Nah. You do start to... I've started with my back feels a lot more. I don't know if it's because I've become so unfit over the lockdown, but, like, my back just isn't the same as it used to be. I think it's not lockdown. It's not our age. It's it's the environment. It's mm. our lifestyle. Look how how many hours of the week or month is your neck down watching a device? Yeah, for sure. Right. Look look how much you sit down, right? Mm. Instead of standing up and kind of doing your work or whatever. So it's overall, it's not just one or two things. I bought a posture brace mm. to help yeah, posture because my my brother's getting married this year as well. To be sitting in the good water like that with all the cameras <laughs> is going to be ugly. So um, I've got a posture brace. Wear ten minutes a day. I think it's working. My posture's still rubbish, but. Mm. I like, and also just like all the time I'm thinking posture, posture, posture. Yeah. Like it needs to be good. Because I'm literally like that all the time, you're right. Mm. It's bad. Start swimming. Swimming. Yep. To be fair, I was, I was talking to my friend about this the other day and they were like, yeah, they've been doing swimming. But I haven't been in so long that the thought of going no back in like chlorinated water, just, I don't know. Do you the, watch the pool go on TikTok? Mm, I, I, I don't, but I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like, that like, professionally cleans pools. It's like ASMR. Um, but the amount of chemicals that go into a pool, it's actually mad. Uh, I knew it was bad, but it's bad. It's it's more just like uh, after like not going in it for so long. Like 
also my skin used to get really like messed up from like like eczema and that so i don't know i'd like to do it you know what people listening the next guest can you buy me a private pool <laughs> then like yeah. it'll be set for well, life why don't we just start with like a membership to a pool <laughs> no membership to a pool where it can be like just me in it like yeah then, like, yeah and then we'll be talking vibes but yeah I don't know. I do need to start getting more like exercising. I've been saying it for like the past like six months though, mm-hmm. and it's like nothing's really happening. It's a Just start pandemic. day one. That's all it takes. Yeah. Make the first step. Acceptance is the start of success. Accept it. Just accept that you're mm-hmm. not doing it. Just accept that maybe you're unfit, and then boom, the day one. That's all you got to do. Yeah, well, it's 90 days to my brother's wedding and we're on day 88. So there's 88 days left and now I've just eaten Ferrero Rocher's and that's because yeah. of you. So. <laughs> but you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. You can you can cheat yourself every so often. Two yeah. days in. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But um, coming on to the more like, serious topic, um, what we wanted to talk about, um, we've touched upon um, a few times on what's going on in Palestine at the moment with regards to um, the... I, I'm reluctant to call it conflict because in my mind there's mm. it's a bit like one-sided, but basically the beef between Israel and Palestine. And it recently they have agreed to a ceasefire. However, I've seen like in the like few days since that actually happened, like that that hasn't really meant that much yeah. in terms of the mosques. Um, Al Aqsa Mosque is still getting. Um, raided there's still like it doesn't really change that much in terms of the displacement of these palestinians so faz as you wanted to like talk about this what was the main thing my you main to touch thing on? is right look i haven't shared i'll be honest i haven't shared many posts about palestine mm. i didn't share a lot of posts about black lives matter i have friends who are uh, from palestine israel iraq uh, syria from uh from also from black uh, backgrounds i look at it this way right i'm 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 in a confusing state at the moment where i'm like if i share what does it actually do what does it, what does it do for a child in palestine who's just lost their parents what what does it do for him mm-hmm. or her i think we've we've talked about this before about like yeah. certainly in regards to um Black Lives Matter, like, there was the period last year where everyone was just posted in the black square and it was literally like, why? So like, what, what what, reason? Like, it doesn't do anything. It's, it's almost insulting, like, the th- that you think, that's yeah. me, done my black square, tick, that's my activism done for today. However, when you first said about, oh, I want to talk about, like, whether sharing stuff is actually productive, I do think I have seen some stuff about, in regards to what's going on at the moment, Obviously, um, certainly from the um, Palestinian side of things, um, Israel is bombing um, journalist buildings, which is like preventing actual proper written and videoed media coming out. So in that sense, sharing the word does help, if that makes sense. So I think it's like important not to necessarily be like, oh, me not me sharing isn't going to do anything but certainly i think just sharing stuff for the sake of sharing stuff i think that's where it kind of comes into a bit of a Mm. like Mm -hmm. like why like for example like putting like i said the whole black square thing or like whatever's going just putting the um palestinian flag on your like feed 
like it might be showing i'm the thing is as well i'm sure it's like quite subjective as well because i'm sure there are some palestinian people in the diaspora who will see that and are like oh that's nice people are showing solidarity it might not actually do anything but i'll be honest if i was in palestine going through what they're going through i'll be annoyed i Mm. wouldn't like people sharing i'm getting my house is getting bombed Mm. you're sharing on instagram is not going to bring me food. What am I doing for them? Am I going to be alive the next hour? Yeah. And you're sharing on Instagram. I look at it this way, right? For example, taking a knee. It got mm. to a point where it doesn't do it. It doesn't do anything. Some footballers, they stop taking the knee. Some athletes, they stop. And I agree. It doesn't do anything. I went to a Black Lives Matter march, right? People don't, on my story don't know. People on my Instagram don't know. Charity or charitable uh, actions should be a 50-50 thing for me. 50% you do it for social media to encourage others 50 percent for your own soul you don't have to show everything right a lot of people like oh if you're not sharing you must be against it Mm -hmm. like no i'm it's not that i'm against it i don't Mm. have to shout to the world and me shouting to the world isn't actually helping have you donated 50 quid to palestine any charity that Mm -hmm. supports palestine yeah not 50 quid but yeah 10 quid right yeah five quid whatever your share what is that worth in actual currency for them, you know, to be affected in some way, to, for them to get help in some way. The real people who can make change will not post a single thing mm. or will not talk about a single thing. These are people the, not on your screens. The real people yeah. who can, you know, the big corporations, the Boris Johnsons and all of them, the real people who can actually press a button, make a phone call and make some changes. That's who we need to be pressing mm-hmm. on, really. Mm. see the thing is i do agree with that and the fact that like i haven't posted much on palestine either but it was the same reason why i didn't post loads on like the farmer protest that happened last year as well it's still happening um because it's an echo chamber like we spoke about that it just circulates to your following and that doesn't get out any further than that but then no. i've seen especially with relation to the palestine stuff going on now is a culture of like blame mongering like quite a lot of like if you're not posting what are you doing like you said yeah. Posting on Instagram is not reflective of a donation or going out to a march and showing Correct. real solidarity. So that's why I kind of, mm. I've not posted, but I'm like, I come on radio and I speak about it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. We are creating awareness here and we're, and we're raising awareness in different ways and we're donating money and stuff like that. So it, even um, like showing like solidarity, like I've, I did see some people last year um, at the height of the like Black Lives Matter protests that were going to these protests that I know for a fact just went just so that they could oh get this God, like 100%. instagram video oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, what about that girl in manchester who said she likes oh yeah pretty we, girls support palestine that no, one. no no it was, no, um, no, the, the oh. one, the white, i like yeah, black, black um, whatever xyz yeah basically basically it basically she went up to the protest in manchester with a sign that was like oh i love black people because i love black um downstairs yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> so and obviously it's like I mean, I, I, I get by, I, I, I think it's ridiculous that you wouldn't have realised that that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. I can recognise that her sentiments were probably in the right place. Um, sure. just, just, just about. However, reducing black people to fetishization yeah. like does is not equating to showing solidarity and supporting Black Lives Matter. Like, it's just. It's complicated though, because at the same time, it's like this whole like cancel culture thing. Like, are we are we go- just gonna like write people off that do that, or are we gonna like tell them this is wrong, and then if they learn from it, then we just move there on? There is, you know, there is a lot more uh, proper way to approach subjects like this. 
instead of putting on your Instagram a story like 10 times, adds up to what, five minutes, mm-hmm. write something to your MP. See, this is the Ask thing. for a reply. This is the thing. Though, go, to, like... go to your favorite celebrity that you keep sharing on Instagram, whose songs keep coming out. Mm. Pressure them because they have a massive following. Their yeah. share is worth a lot more than your share. Ask them to go, like Marcus Rashford fought for free school meals. Ask Marcus, let's press on Marcus Rashford to, yeah. to press on Boris Johnson for Palestine. That's you know? true. Like celebrities, yes. MP, I've learned over the course of the past few years from writing to it, it just doesn't do anything. Like I, I sent so many like letters like about like issues that I was like really concerned about. And I just get the same mundane reply back saying, oh, I see why you'd be upset about this. However, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, I support this and that. I'm not going to do anything. Like I, if you've got an MP that ultimately doesn't... Um, really align with your views take from that what you will um like there's not really that much they can do but certainly the celebrity thing i think yeah now you mention it marcus rashford yeah. would be like he's he's an inspiration in regards to what he's done so yeah certainly. i mean i mean for example let's take drake right drake is like the massive most biggest artist you're telling me drake can't pick up his phone and call canada's you know main person who's international relations and and ask them you know can you do something about Palestine? Drake, you're telling me he can't make a post and, and how many that. I was going to say one post or one Instagram story right? from Drake's Instagram account would like... 100 million, yeah, yeah, something like that. But what I'm trying mm. to say is unite together and start a movement to press on the people who can make change. Mm. Don't unite together and just expect that your word is being shared whereas the kid in Palestine doesn't know where his next meal is going to come from in the next hour. Press the people who can make changes. Mm. Don't feel crap because your friend is not sharing it right mm. that's not the person who's mm. who's you know who's actually going to make a change respectfully mm. if they're doing a charity if they're raising money that's what you need to be supporting if you have an mp 10 20 30 100 of you come together write you know a bunch of letters to to them press them if you know a favorite celebrity who you keep sharing press them but, mm. but you're you know coming on to let's say me saying i don't share palestine well let's say i share it what now let's say i donate 20 quid what now what mm. now? I really want this mm. to stop. Yeah. I want this to stop. And it is as well, like, it's like, just because you haven't shared anything, like you said, doesn't mean that you haven't, like, done your bit in order yeah. to... I went to help. BLM March. Doesn't does it mean racism ended? No. No, it didn't. <laughs> Thousands of millions of people did the black uh, picture thing. Does it mean racism ended? No, it didn't. No, it's... No, it didn't. It's... <sighs> there's, there's loads of, you know, proper way, like the fans who stormed Old Trafford, you know, the football stadium. So what were your thoughts on that then? Do you think that that was like the right thing to do? No, do don't do that. Don't turn up to games when games open. Mm. Hit the owners where it hurts. Don't go, don't buy food. Go to the game. Let's say if you're, if you're a season ticket holder, go to the game, but don't buy water, don't buy crisp, don't buy nothing. Hit them where it hurts. Don't storm the game and the pitch and take selfies and whatever on the pitch <laughs> thinking you're, you're doing it. something. Yeah. You're not doing nothing. Instead, you've actually affected the poor guards that work there. Mm. Who are now, who are now scared to even go to work next time? You know that's a traumatic situation to go through. Yeah. Thousands of people marching through, yeah. and and throwing equipment and that. Especially in light of what's happened in the past, like at footballing events yeah. where people have stormed and that. Yeah. yeah. Hit, and hit. again, like just to say, I'm not, I'm not like, certainly don't <laughs> don't I, I don't yeah. I'm not blaming the um, Hillsborough people by the way not their fault I'm just saying that obviously we all know what can happen when l- too many people are in one space at a time and things go a bit crazy yeah like, yeah yeah not don't cancel Carlos please 
there is people know 100% what they can do to help in what way but they choose to take social media because social media gives everyone a sense of power they think that mm. they are doing something when they actually not the thing is though i suppose i'm just like what what do you think about the people that say aren't sharing anything but then they just aren't doing anything like is it our position to judge them for not doing that or should we just respect that they they respect just respect it yeah respect it why who are who, respectfully who are you to say anything to anyone who am i to mm-hmm. to say anything to anyone am i the most perfect human being in the world have i never committed a crime have i never committed a sin so i can't say the same for that person mm. if that person chooses it's all about your ethics and and how you carry yourself as a human right if 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 you're not trying to do that then that's fine that's that's your decision right that's that's your choice i can't press put pressure on you when yeah. someone like i said someone else could and i'm not putting pressure on them and I'm like, you don't know what someone's doing a behind the scenes Correct. or what's mm. going on in their life that they're just too busy with to like you know share something to their yeah. instagram story that's not something i think anyone should get on to anyone else for like an instagram story like it's it's fine yeah or a post yeah. no nah, i mean not not even in terms of like a post i mean just in terms of like say there was someone like in your friendship group that just wasn't participating in important conversations i think especially oh God, I, think, yeah. I think especially when it's someone who is not the one being oppressed say mm-hmm. for example if in your friendship group where conversations about racism were happening and it was one of your white friends that just didn't yeah. seem to be engaging in the conversation or like like owning up to like where they may have been prejudiced in the past or stuff like that i think then that's a way maybe it is a case of like raising it with them like but i suppose you can do it privately though there's no there's point no in going about going yeah it's not, not going it about it like way. Yeah. absolutely not those conversations are so important to be having so when you do see that maybe someone's not engaging as much as they could be that it is important to call it out in a polite way like we said earlier literally but Am I going to end a friendship over it? Probably not. Let's try and educate people rather than calling people out, rather than hating on people. Let's try and educate, create an environment of education for everyone. If you're not sharing, maybe you're not educated. Maybe you don't actually know Mm -hmm. what's going on in Palestine. Maybe you think Israel is um, actually innocent, fully innocent. That's maybe your thought. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to educate people. You're just sharing something and a random person Mm -hmm. has no clue what's it about. Also, I don't know about everyone else, but kind of... I don't read half the stuff that's on my on my stories that i have i'm quite guilty of just like tap 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 tap, tap like so I yeah will just tap through genuinely i, I will you read that's everything yeah i will observe everything to the core i will yeah. take my time i have like time slots where i'll sit there and observe every person's story what they're posting why they're posting because that's what i do that's planet fast that's what i have to do <laughs> i have to be clued up um Fair. you know to understand what's going on in the world I can't claim that I'm woke and then not be woke. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably coming to the end of the show now, but just for anyone listening, do you want to tell people where they can find you in Planet Faz? Just search Planet Faz, you'll find me. That's it. Mm-hmm. And my Instagram handle, Faz1996. Uh, yeah, that's that's me. Um, hit me up, DM me with whatever thing uh, you want to DM me. I'm open to conversations and interactions. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me. No, thank you. Any final messages? Uh, Spread love and joy. Let's not spread hate. Educate your friends and family. Peace.